Welcome to another episode of Rempit's Rental Talk. I am your host, Dan Doherty. And this week, I wanted to focus on what makes a top one percenter. And specifically within real estate, how do you become a top 1% seller within your market? And I am very happy and excited to announce that we have Mike Fava, who is a top 1%er of Pinnacle Estate Properties on the line today. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We, I wanted to talk a little bit about, one, why did you get into real estate? When did you get into real estate? And then from there, we'll talk about the tools that you use, um, the type of work ethic that you do on a, on a day-to-day basis to really become a top one percenter. But what got you into real estate to begin with? Well, you know, I've been in real estate for a little over 15 years right now. And uh you know, when I started in real estate, I was I was looking, I really didn't know which direction to go in as far as a profession. And uh, I was looking for something that had limitless earning potential, something that I felt like my daily efforts were going towards something that I wasn't just working for somebody else, that what I did on a daily basis was benefiting myself and my family's future. And that was really what I was looking for, something that changed on a daily basis, something that I didn't feel like I was going to be in a rut by doing the same thing day over day, you know, day after day. So I felt that real estate was really a, a good fit for my personality type in that way. And what year did you start? I started in real estate in 2004. 2004. And then the market was, was really strong then. Obviously, we, we had the economic downturn of 2008. Uh, how did that affect your business? Did you sell less houses during that time period? And if so, what did you do to change your mindset and make sure income was still coming in? Well, when I started in 2004, like you said, the market was still relatively strong. Um, you know, it was a, I, I started off on fire, wanted to really go out there and, and hit the streets and uh, develop my business. And, uh, you know, I took a, a lot of listings rather quickly. Uh, of course, you know, as we, progressed to, towards 2007, 2008, um, those listings stopped selling. And we were starting to see, you know, longer days on the markets. Um, things were, uh, you know, expiring. And it was a little bit more difficult to, to obviously get a paycheck at that particular time. Um, I did two things to really kind of benefit my business going into the uh, the mortgage crisis and the, and the downturn of the market. Uh, number one, I developed uh, my rental corporation, uh, my property management business, which was a huge blessing uh, as far as keeping income coming in on a monthly basis. Uh, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, kind of get on some of the REO sites, develop some relationships with some asset managers and uh, take advantage of the uh, the foreclosure markets from uh, 2008 on, and on. So. Uh, between the foreclosures and the property management and growing the property management business, uh, that kind of kept me afloat during some of the hard times. Did that did, did did going through that difficult time period did that obviously that obviously that forced you to do something else uh, within the real estate area with a with a futuristic mindset of saying, hey, if I do this now, it not only gives me income but it also can build my portfolio of clients to when the 
market changes and people want to buy and sell in the future, I can I can increase that funnel of of agents. Is that was that going through your mind, or were you just saying, you know what, I just need to make as much money as I can right now to get through the hard times? Honestly, it was it was survival at that point in time. It was a matter of. Uh, you know, I was very excited to start in real estate and, you know, I was able to pick up a, a number of listings quickly, uh, but it doesn't do you any good unless those listings sell. So I started noticing that there was a need in the, uh, you know, for a rental agent or to uh, for a property management company. So uh, recognizing that need moving forward, I, d I decided to open up the rental corporation and not focus my entire business on that, but kind of shift a little bit towards uh, a little bit more towards the rentals and what was going on in the market. Uh, it was something that um, uh, helped generate income during that period of time. It, it really helped get me through some of the, the tough times in real estate. Uh, but looking back at it, it wasn't something that was premeditated that I thought, hey, you know, this is going to get me through all of these years. It was just something about, you know, getting some paychecks in and and surviving at that point in time. And then as the business and the property management started to build on itself, uh, then, you know, looking back in retrospect, it's it was a huge blessing in my business. And it was something that uh, uh, ever since has been a, a great thing for uh, for me. So. So, well, let's fast forward 10 years. Um, now you're a top one percenter. How much real estate did you sell last year? Last year, I averaged about 20, 25 million in real estates, um, somewhere in there. And that's all within your area local, locally? Is it Southern California or just all through the LA area? Uh, really all the way through Los Angeles County. Uh, I do have certain areas that I, I focus in on, but uh, I, I pretty much service all of Los Angeles County. And then each year, has that been going up? Uh, do you expect that to be higher this year or are you starting to see a slowdown within the market? Um, you know, there are some years that, um, you know, those numbers have been higher depending on, you know, what's been going on in the market and, uh, you know, of course, how quickly these properties are, are selling. Um, and uh, there's years that it's, it's slightly lighter. I mean, it just depends on the particular year. But, you know, I, I've been able to, to stay pretty steady around right around 20 to 25 million. Uh, I always try to build on that. I always try to push those numbers higher. And, um you know, this year, it's uh, it's been a very, very blessed year as well. And I'm hoping to uh, exceed what I did last year. Well, and that's obviously tough to do, specifically in a market that has lots of competition, lots of brokers, lots of real estate agents. What type of tools do you use to acquire new business, to, um, you know, support your customers in a way that maybe others do not? At the end of the day, what dif differentiates you from maybe another broker within your area? Well, you know, there's, and I can go on and on about, you know, different things that I do in my marketing programs and different things that I, I, I do to kind of separate me from, you know, the average realtor out there. But, you know, most real estate brokers are, are competent, hardworking agents. I mean, they're out there all competing for the same business. They're looking to to make money and grow their business as well. Um, you know, I always looked at real estate as a, as a relationship building business. It's about, you know, finding uh, the connections with people, uh, developing those uh, those relationships with them, and then uh, continuing to stay in touch with them. Um, a lot of agents fall short because they fail to, they make the connection with the client, but they fail to continue to develop that relationship with them. And most most sellers are going to sell with the, the agent they feel comfortable with, the agent they like, the agent that kind of was there for them and helped them. 
And, and that leads back into the property management business as well. I mean, you know, I do a lot of service work for my clients. That's helped, you know, give me a lot of contacts throughout the years, uh, a lot of names that, uh, you know, ended up becoming clients. And, you know, I, I developed a relationship and uh, did some, you know, quite a bit of service work for over the years for them. And because of that, uh, you know, you end up getting the listings, you get the referrals, you get the the buyers, you get the the business uh, because they see the value of what you're bringing. So, so you're, you're you've always been in the long game, right? It's not it's not about a quick oh cool I just uh, I just sold a one million dollar house and and that's it. You you build strong relationships and and maybe nothing happens this year or next year or the year after but if i'm ready to sell my property i remember okay mike fava um he's the he's the guy that did x for me you go above above and beyond for your clients whether they're with you or not is that right oh absolutely i mean a lot of the, the deals that i'm doing today are relationships or things that i set up three five seven years ago sometimes um just uh, different people that I've met throughout the years. I've done service work for them. I've stayed in touch with them. I was there anytime they needed any sort of uh, real estate guidance, whether that's you know, uh, kind of procuring a, a quick claim deed for them, uh, handling service work on their rental properties, whatever it might be, uh, just kind of being there for them and uh, helping them through the way uh, has led to uh, you know future business. And um, it, it's always been a recipe for success for me, and it's something that uh, you know I think is a uh, very, very important if you're going to succeed in real estate. And is there a specific market that you go after? Is it the luxury market? Is it the low income? Is it the real estate investment market? Is there a specific niche that you focus on? I mean, I think it's 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 important to have a, a healthy combination of everything. I mean, you know, agents should be versed in in, in every part of the business, whether it's uh, REOs, short sales, probates, uh, rentals. Um, you know, high the, the high end market, the low end market. I try to when I pick my different areas, I try to have a, a good mixture of uh, middle income um, type of houses and then the, the high end stuff as well. Um, if you go. All high end, uh, the turnover tends to be a little bit slower. Um, you don't really pick up as much inventory of properties on a, on a yearly basis, but you don't want to go too uh, too low on the uh, the properties as well because uh, you know it really doesn't bring you as much income. So I like to have a, a healthy mix of the high in income properties and then some of the uh, mid income properties as well. Uh, but I do it all. I mean, I work with first time home buyers, uh, the high end market, the the middle uh, markets, uh, the rentals, the property management. Uh, if somebody has a need for a short sale, I mean, it's not so so prevalent anymore. But in the past, I mean, it was it, I always looked at it as important to to be involved in all aspects of real estate and to be educated in all aspects of real estate. And does does the way you market those properties, uh, are those different? Meaning, do you market a luxury uh, home for rent different than maybe a $250,000 house for rent? And if so, what's the what's the most unique marketing um, technique that you have used that actually yielded results? You're always going to market a high-end property a little bit different than a, than a middle property. I and mean, of course, you know, even the, uh, you know, the middle income properties still need, you know, a good amount of marketing. Um, you can't neglect those just because you're not making as much on those. But at the same time, uh, a higher end client on a you know million dollar or multi million dollar property, their expectations are going to be a little bit higher as far as 
what you bring to the table and what you're actually doing for the property. So, you know, I, I've done things as far as, you know, individual websites for those high-end properties. Um, it's pretty much a standard that you're always going to do the 3D, uh, the, the Matterport, the 3D uh, uh, tours of the properties, um, a strong online exposure, um, making sure that you're on all the major sites. Uh, the, the property, the pictures look crisp. Uh, you're not uh, taking the pictures yourself. You have the uh, the photographer with the right lighting going through. Uh, you know, getting the best possible shots for those properties. So, you know, really, you're gonna you're gonna handle it a lot different uh, than the middle property. But I mean, it's important to uh, you know to um, present those properties in in a professional manner as well. And, and uh, you know, what gets you up in the morning? What, what motivates you? Why do you do what you do and go out and talk to clients and sell properties? Is, is there anything in, that, in the back of your mind or in the, or in the forefront of your mind? What motivates you to, to do what you do on a daily basis? You know, what, what motivates me? I mean, I would say, uh, <laughs> funny as it sounds, probably fear. I mean, you know, fear that if I don't get up in the morning and I don't hustle and I don't go and get my name out there and I'm not growing my business on a daily basis. You know, there's going to be a hundred other agents behind me that are willing to do that. They're going to get up. They're going to hit the streets. They're going to hit the areas that I'm working and look to pick up uh, the market share that I'm after. So, you know, it's the uh, it's the fear of maintaining my in my areas, maintaining my market share, and uh, growing my business daily. I mean, but real estate is really a, a business of daily routines that end up uh, you know, benefiting you down the road. So if you're not doing those daily routines and you're not uh, making it happen on a daily basis, uh, you might be fine now, but six months down the road, a year down the road, you're, you're definitely going to feel that. If I was a new real estate agent or looking to get into the industry or start my own property management company or whatever it might be, um, what is one thing that you would recommend to me to be successful? Uh, you have to be in control of your money. Um, you know, the fact is in real estate, um, especially when you're starting off, paychecks can be uh, far and few between. Uh, you have to be in control of your money. You have to be able to budget your money on a monthly basis to make sure that not only are you covering your monthly expenses, but you're putting a, a healthy amount of uh, money back into the business, uh, making sure that you know, every month that you have marketing materials going out. I mean, real estate's an expensive business, anywhere from uh, MLS dues to uh, NAR dues to uh, uh, marketing properties on a monthly basis to marketing yourself on a monthly basis. It, it can cost quite a bit of money. So uh, making sure that uh, you're budgeting correctly, that you're constantly putting money back into your business uh, to grow is uh, is essential. And you know, there's been a, a couple of tools that uh, have helped uh, people that I've seen. It's, it's helped me as well. I mean, there's there's different sites like uh, there's an app called Acorns, which for every time you swipe your debit card or your credit card, it rounds up to the nearest dollar and it takes that money and it puts it into a side account for you. And I've used that, you know, apps like that in the past to, to kind of put money away to make sure that there is money going towards marketing uh, for the back back end of the year or, uh, you know, during the holiday season, because, uh, you know, things get a little bit slow during the holiday season. But that, that means that uh, that's your opportunity to really get your name out there and to grow your business during the slow times. Um, you really have to take on the costs of marketing a property for an owner. And in some cases, that owner may not sell the property or maybe elects to rent it out. Are you out that money uh, of marketing it? 
Absolutely. Um, if you take on a listing, of course, you have a you know specific uh, listing period. Uh, but uh, if you put that money into it and you're not successful in selling the property, it's at 100% loss. Um, the property management business does help with that because if they do decide to rent, a lot of times you can kind of transition and at least make back your cost on the rental side. Uh, but um, you know, it's a, it's a driving force. I mean, you're putting out sometimes thousands of dollars, especially on the high end properties in order to uh, market these things and get them sold. And if you're not successful, uh, you're, you're going to lose money on it. What's the, what's the craziest thing that you've ever seen uh, over the last decade plus of, of being in real estate, whether it's showing a place or, or, or what, is there anything like a, a crazy story you could tell us? You know, it's uh, I was a REO agent for a number of years handling foreclosures for the banks. So, I mean, I saw some wacky things during the down markets, um, so, some some crazy stories about that. Um, but I mean, as far as, you know, just strange things that have taken place. I mean, I, I was once assigned a, a property from uh, uh, from a major bank and I went out there and there was no front of the property. Um, you know, they told me your, your your job is to go out there and secure the, the property, make sure that nobody can get in. Uh, but there was no front. There was no walls. There was nothing. So when you stood at the street, you could look directly into the property. So, you know, it's kind of an odd thing to ask you to secure a property that has absolutely no front to it. That was kind of a strange thing. Um, I showed a property the other day that had a bat in it that flew at me. That was that was an interesting situation. So, um, you know, just over the years, I mean, you see some 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 crazy things in real estates, um, especially in property management and uh, REOs and foreclosures. Uh, you see some strange uh, things take place, but um, lots of stories, lots of funny stories with it. Um, but uh, just, you know. Fun stuff. <laughs> that's, that's I can only imagine the amount of properties you see, and maybe specific areas are different. But uh, you know, my wife and I watch flip and flop, and they focus on really the stuff that no one else will buy. And uh, I think they had they had some really crazy stuff like hoarders, um, like someone was living in the house that wasn't supposed to be there. Lots of really, really crazy things that they were seeing, and I'm sure a lot of agency something similar, especially in the in the lower end stuff. Um, we only have time for one more question, and I want to leave the audience with um, your thoughts on where you see the industry going in the next couple of years. Do you see it softening in specific areas? Do you not see it softening? What are your thoughts and leverage data, if you can, on where you think the market is going in this couple of years? I mean, you know, I started seeing over the last few months, there has been a softening in the markets. Um, I'm seeing, you know, a higher inventory of properties, more price reductions, um, quicker price reductions uh, from sellers. Um, properties are sitting on the market for definitely more days on the market than before. Um, you know, I think that's going to continue going into 2019. I don't think it's going to be anything drastic. I don't think it's going to be, you know, like the, the mortgage crisis of 2008 by any means as far as a downturn. Uh, but I mean, this is this is healthy for the market to do this. I mean, really, you know, it's had a number of years of exhausting itself and, and, and the price is going up. And you know, it's only healthy for a, for a natural downturn at this point, you know, with rates going up to for the, the market to kind of take a breather and stuff. So, um, you know, I think that this is a, a great opportunity for for agents out there to, to reach out to sellers that have been kind of on the fence that, you know, didn't know whether or not they should sell their property. This is a great opportunity to uh 
to put their house on the market before you start seeing more of a downturn on the market or pricing. Uh, and it's a good time to, to get buyers out there and to start uh, getting them you know, locked down on a property and get a, a rate lock so that uh, they could take advantage of the, where the interest rates are right now. Because I feel interest rates are going to go up more. I think that uh, the market will, 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 will trend down a little bit more. But uh, you know, I think that um, you know, it's, it's only natural for that to take place based off of what's gone on over the last 10 years. That's great advice. We're out of time. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you.